What's up? It's Dark Side. We've got a special little podcast night from Failed Entertainment's Monster Jam series. They are having their opening round, their opening event at Arlington, Texas this weekend, Saturday and Sunday night. Sean Brennan from Feld Entertainment gave me a call and asked if I wanted to uh, be a part of it and go to my first ever one, maybe do a little coverage. So I had the chance to talk to Mr. Ryan Anderson, driver of the Bakugan Dragonoid, son of Dennis Anderson, creator of the world-famous Gravedigger, and also a legend in Monster Jam, Mr. Tom Mintz, who drives the Max D Fire. So I really appreciate the opportunity to do that. And tonight, this interview is brought to you by Torque One Racing, who is providing high-quality, economical performance parts. So check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, and more. Johnny and Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry, so give them a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, place you an order and tell them the Moto X-Pod show sent you. With no further ado, let's get to some Monster Jam. All right, I got a really special guest. As all of my listeners know, typically we are uh, focusing on motocross and supercross, but this weekend Monster Jam invades Arlington, Texas for two nights, and I get the pleasure of going to my very first ever Monster Jam Sunday night. And on the phone with me, one of the, the legendary families of Monster Jam is the Anderson family, and I've got Mr. Ryan Anderson on the phone right now. What's up, Ryan? Nothing much, man. How are you guys doing? Glad to be on here. Glad to talk about this weekend's Monster Jam event. We're finally coming back. I'm going to have the stands in the stands, trucks in the air. We're going to be going crazy. Dude, it looks really cool. I've seen, obviously, a lot of them on TV, and uh, since I got the opportunity yesterday where I knew I was going to get to the other thing, I was watching some videos on your family and yourself and uh man some of the things you know I, i'm 43 years old ryan so um i grew up in the early days of seeing you know bigfoot and taurus and usa one and you know the slow crushing cars and that was kind of the extent of what those guys did for the most part what you guys do to now is like supernatural compared to the the mid 80s you know when your dad first got involved um just talk about the evolution of the sport that, you know, you've been around this long time as, as a little kid growing up. I mean, just talk about what you witnessed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're exactly right. Back in the day, the trucks were old school. They were 20,000 plus pounds, some of them more than that, and lease spring suspension. So we're talking, you know, a few inches of suspension travel that's far from tuned in any way. You know, there, <laughs> and a lot of the times they were, you know, nobody really made anything for monster trucks back in the day. So they were incorporating pieces off of whatever they could find dump trucks big military vehicles right. all these crazy things kind of just mashing it together to make stuff that didn't break that could handle the big tires and honestly not that many guys had big horsepower back then but you know to to have a motor that would turn those tires it was crazy the the sport in the beginning was nothing more than how to make a truck a normal truck have big massive tires and they were really, honestly, show trucks that would just happen to crush cars. Right. And then they they slowly have gained speed, and, and guys started putting bigger motors in the trucks, and well, bigger motors started bouncing around more. They would hit the cars and actually jump. And with leaf spring, spring suspension, I mean, that stuff is just absolutely terrible. <laughs> so yeah. then, you know, they started developing a little bit better suspension systems, and um, a four-length-style suspension system came about that was it's always kind of used in drag racing and and a lot of things like that, and even the off-road world as far as, like, desert trucks and stuff, but for monster trucks, it was unheard of, and that jumped the whole industry massively. Then we could jump, we could actually have tunability on the shocks and suspension and stuff that 
most other motorsports already had. Well, now even so, we've we've gotten even crazier. So now they're 100% custom built race machines that are full tube chassis, specifically designed basically to crash. I mean, there's really no better way to explain it. They do handle fairly well for what they are, but they're a 12,000 pound rolling crash test dummy vehicle. I mean, we crash them multiple t- times a weekend sometimes, and they're honestly they're built to be pulled right back on the wheels, fire up, and go again. We don't really have to do much to them when we crash. They're they're made to do it really. And uh, the bodies obviously tear off. They're fiberglass shells. Uh, we we swapped from metal to fiberglass in like probably the early '90s. Uh, and just for weight and also for the ease that we started crashing more. So the ease of swapping out a fiberglass body is a lot easier than getting a steel body and, and having to cut it all apart and make it lightweight and everything like that. So a fiberglass body was the way to go because it was easy to pop out of a mold. It was fast and not necessarily inexpensive, but the ease of it was so much better. So, uh, you know, everybody swapped to fiberglass. Now that's what you see shredding off the truck right. all the time. A lot of people think that's, oh, my God, like, is the truck still going to run? And, yeah, <laughs> it runs totally fine. And, honestly, we can see better when the body comes off. We can actually see what's going on then. Yeah, I, I've seen, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of the videos. And Again, going back to the old stuff, like, I remember I, I was probably 13 years old, and I ordered through the mail long, way before Amazon the, the Battle of the Monster Trucks on VHS. I think it was – uh Man, I want to say it was in the Silver Dome or something, and you know, it was like the first time they were side by side racing, and they had monster or uh, tractor pull with the monster trucks, and they would crush cars and go around corners and monster yep. vet and all. Man, that was like I wore that like that video that VHS tape. You know, had lines going through it by the time I was done with it. Man, <laughs> yeah, so, we had the exact same one, dude. We still oh, got it actually. That's rad. So. <laughs> With your dad now, I, I was reading that he started out in the mud bog stuff, which was really popular. And at least at the time, my dad was stationed at Pearl Harbor in Hawaii, and the mud bog would come once a year. And was that yep. something your dad did? Did he do like the traveling mud bog circuit? I mean, I don't remember what the sanctioning body was, if there even was one. He didn't travel with it really. Okay. He, um, but he did do. He did start out mud racing. Yeah, yeah. I, I specifically remember Black Widow. That was like the big car when I was a kid. That yeah. was, but that stuff. That yeah, cut, there was. Go ahead. There was a tour that definitely went around that was crazy with the mud racing stuff before monster trucks really hit the scene. And that's where yep. a lot of the monster monster truck guys came from. Yeah, my dad. He really he just started out by trying to build a big truck. Honestly, that was all he was worried about. He was doing it locally around home. We had a couple mud bogs, a couple local deals that just happened on the weekends. And uh, he didn't have any money. He was just a, actually a farmhand. At a, at a, 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 it was a friend of his family's farm. And they would kind of give him parts and pieces off the tractors and trucks. <laughs> and he had a, a, a 1950 Ford pickup that he actually paid 50 bucks from my mom's brother, which was my, my mom was his girlfriend at the time. My mom's brother had this old Ford pickup. My dad bought it from him for 50 bucks. <laughs> and then the... Uh, he, he jacked it up, put crazy axles underneath of it, got some free tires from the uh, from his, his farmhand job, and all that was just kind of piecing the thing together. And then his his buddy had a really nice truck. The family owned the farm, so all they had all expensive tires and all that stuff. Well, he talked trash to Dad, saying, man, that thing's a piece of junk. You can't hang with me. And Dad got mad. He took it personal. You know, it was, it was all he could afford, all he could do. It was his pride and joy. So he, you know, like not so jokingly said, I'll take this junk and dig you a grave. And like everybody in the whole, you know, farm place there 
freaked out. They wrote it on his time card, you know, because, like, nobody was to talk back to those guys. So that's how he got the name Gravedigger. And then he went going to more and more mud bogs. And uh, he actually started, you know, building the truck bigger because the mud bogs back then were his series. He wasn't really running fast. It was more about how far you could go in, like, the deepest hole possible. Okay. And then a monster truck was supposed to come do a car crush at a local mud bog, and their hauling rig broke down. But back then they would haul monster trucks with, like, a regular dually with a gas motor in it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. the guy's hauling rig broke down, and they asked my dad, like, hey, you got the like, next biggest truck, basically. If we give you a couple hundred bucks, will you crush this car? And he was like, well, heck, yeah. And he goes for it. And my dad, being my dad, goes wide open, airs it out, gets a little too crazy, and everybody loved it. So then it, the word got out that he would do that for hire, and just kind of started happening from there. And then he kept evolving the truck. He was actually, actually making money with it. So he was evolving the truck, spending a little bit more money on the truck to make it a monster truck. And, you know, then then once it really caught on, it was just all gung-ho from there. There was a point in time where the motor that was in Gravedigger was worth double the amount of the house that we lived in. Oh, wow. Uh, but that was <laughs> that was just... He was chasing his dream, which it wasn't even really his dream. It just happened to, it just kind of happened by fluke. And then that was his, his whole life evolved around that. And we had a, uh, he built a hauling rig out of a school bus, an old Mack truck that had a crib built into it Yeah. for my brother. When my brother was, my older brother was a baby. He rode around that crib and it was this homemade janky, you know, like toter home essentially that was pulling Gravedigger around everywhere. And 99% of the time, when my dad showed up, he didn't have enough money to get home unless he did go to the show. Like he had to sell <laughs> T-shirts. He hopefully got, like, fast qualifier or something like that. He actually got his nickname, Run One, One Run Anderson, because of that, because he would go for broke in qualifying because it was, like, a nice bonus to win qualifying. Right. So he knew if he won qualifying, he could get home. So more than likely, that's the only time he ever ran and then, uh, you know, they nicknamed him One Run Anderson after that. And then Freestyle came about. That was kind of his uh, his gig was Freestyle because he would normally break right away. <laughs> so he would come back after the racing and be like, hey, can I just go run around out there a little bit and, uh, you know, do something so people will, you know, buy my T-shirts basically so I can get home. Right. And uh, it, it, it started Freestyle. He was doing it because he had to, to survive. And now it's like our it's our stable competition now. Yeah, I love that progression. That's really cool. Um, so as a kid, you know, growing up, there was a point right where Gravedigger became, I mean, super famous. Like Bigfoot was always, you know, in the eighties was the big name, right? But then all of a sudden, TNT uh, television, I think it was, and, and it kind of gotten bored and started featuring Gravedigger a bunch, and like it just became this, you know, almost like professional wrestling and Hulk Hogan, like. Every kid knew who Gravedigger was. Yep. The truck. You oh, know? Yeah. And when how old were you when this really started taking off and what do you remember about that time period? Honestly, I was kind of just becoming a thing. Like I was super baby at that time. Okay. That was like early nineties, yeah. late eighties is when that kind of went down. So uh, I was born in eighty nine, so it was right about the time I came about was when Gravedigger was really coming out and you know, like turning into the man. And uh, it was to me, it was a lot to do with the paint job, the headlights, oh, just yeah. this mystique of the truck that nobody else really had. Like, Bigfoot was always big and shiny and nice and, like, the businessman that was, you know, sponsored and things like that. And uh, then, you know, here comes my dad, the, the wholesome country guy that is just living an American dream, but he's got this badass truck that's crazy with the 
spooky flames and, and all this crazy stuff. So he was just a wild child, honestly. And, and, and everybody knew he got that, that, you know, like if they seen the red headlights coming out of the tunnel, <laughs> they knew something was going to happen. Whether yep. he was going to run into the building, crash, catch on fire, break a wheel off. They knew something exciting was going to happen. And he was that wild man that everybody knew. So to me, it was a lot to do with that, you know, and it was just, everybody got got so excited you know, every time they seen it, which honestly, majority of the time wasn't that much because the truck broke a lot. But <laughs> right. when you see it go, that one time it would go was, it was something wild going to happen. The crowd was always on their feet. Yeah. That's, I think that's still yep. true today yeah. when Gravedigger runs. Oh yeah. Um, so with yourself, what, you know, and your, your sister and your brother all involved, um, you know, was, were you always all in like as a kid, like I'm going to do this someday, or was there a point where, you know, kids sometimes kind of like, yeah, I'm not that interested in what my dad's doing. Or were you always all in? I was always all in. I was always all about it. I was you know, heavily into motocross, spoilers, nice. anything I could get my hands on. And my dad, he's he's like the opposite of a tech guru. Like he cannot even barely work his phone. <laughs> and right. for him, like he honestly, I swear, he doesn't even really know what an Xbox or a PlayStation is. So he wouldn't buy us that stuff, not only because he didn't, want us to mess with it but he didn't even know what the heck it was so for christmas at our house at anderson's house was we would get vehicles like we honestly me and adam got mail jeeps one year for christmas it was some old mail jeeps my dad found they all they ran and drove we we grew up on a bunch of property uh, we got all kinds of just crazy bomber cars it wasn't necessarily street legal vehicles we didn't we were so young it you know wouldn't matter if they were but we'd go out in the test field and play around and crash up derby them and jump them and all these things like like it's it's kind of an achievement of mine at eight years old me and adam rolled our first vehicle adam was you know a little bit older than me he was 12 at the time i was eight it was the first time we ever rode rolled a vehicle it was a subaru forester and we crashed it on our four-wheeler motocross track uh and we were so proud and my dad was even proud he's like you know obviously check and make sure we were okay but then right. it was like yeah like he was a proud dad moment like yeah heck yeah I, and we rolled it back over ourselves. You know, he turned us loose with, with all the mechanical stuff we could have. You know, the equipment, foilers, all that stuff. It was, And it was not only his way of kind of like, you know, a babysitter in a sense, but it was also training for us to become drivers. And yeah. My brother, my older brother, Adam, he was always, you know, into motorsports and, and crashing and having a good time and playing with cars and trucks and four-wheelers and whatnot. But he really wasn't so set on becoming a driver. Uh up until he actually started competing for Monster Jam, he really hadn't competed in, in any other motorsports, really. Like, he occasionally did some mud racing with us. We still mud race today. Uh, he occasionally did some mud racing every now and then, but he wasn't super interested in it. He kind of was more about just, you know, having a good time with his friends, you know, bashing some cars out in the field and, and you know, riding foolers and whatnot. But uh, once it became time, basically, they said, like, hey, if, you can, if you're willing to drive a truck, Let's go right now. And he jumped it, jumped in head first for sure. I was all about it. I started competing in mud racing at age 13 and raced all the way up until just a few years ago. Okay. Uh, in, in the mud. And, you know, obviously started Monster Jam 2010. So I've been driving Monster Jam for 10 years. My little sister, she was on the same boat as my brother a little bit. She was obviously the girl, the only girl. And she kind of had the girly, girly thing going for her. And, and we always would. We were kind of bad. Like we would, I would 
and I was I was bad. Honestly, my brother was a little bit nicer to her, but <laughs> I would always convince her to do stuff like yeah. on four wheelers and dirt bikes and go karts and whatever. And I would kind of not badly, but I would kind of set her up for failure failure a little bit. Uh, so she it. didn't she didn't play with <laughs> she wouldn't play with us that much. So she didn't have a ton of experience in driving and acting crazy and stuff like that. But she'd been around it her whole life. So uh, she was set up to go to college. She was going to be the smart one. She was going to take care of all of us for, you know, and all of our craziness that we were going to do. So she was going to college. She was going to be, you know, do all the right things. And then it came time for her to to actually go. And she was kind of like, you know, she she was like, I don't know if I want to. I I think I want to try driving the truck. So we threw her, actually threw her into one of our mud trucks, which is really similar. Our Our mud trucks now, we actually call them mega trucks. So they're like a miniature version of a Monster Jam truck, really. Okay. So we threw threw her into one of those, like, hey, this will make or break you right here. Like, you'll know if you want to do it, and we'll know if you can do it by watching you go. And it was it was honestly, uh, like it, uh, we all almost got emotional, but tried to act like we didn't because she was so good right away. It was weird. Like, she had never had that experience, never really had done it before in her life. She didn't really play with dirt bikes and foilers like we did. She rode them, but she didn't do the motocross tracks and stuff like we did. Mm-hmm. So for her to jump right in and know the throttle with them and and jump the truck instantly, perfect, all these things, because we can position the trucks in the air not quite as much as a dirt bike, but really close to it. Throttling throttling up off the ramp in the air brings the nose up, braking yeah. brings the nose down just like a dirt bike. And she understood that immediately without ever having done it before or wow. anything. So. It was pretty insane that she jumped right in the way she did. Now she's kind of got more of the my dad in her. Honestly, she she kind of throws the technical stuff out the window and just hail marries it, which is amazing. I mean, people love it. Yeah. And their tr- our trucks now are so durable, and they they like handle our type of competition so well that it that that is a whole another ball game. Now when my dad was doing it. He was hail marrying it, but knowing that this part might break and right. this part might break, so he, you know, there was a little bit of finesse in there where Kristen is just like throw it to the wall and hope it sticks, <laughs> and it's freaking awesome. Yeah, I noticed that's, that. Uh, that's one of the best things is when she does that, and a lot of times people maybe maybe didn't pay attention, weren't didn't get there early, and they see her go do this crazy whatever, and then she jumps out and it's a blonde haired, blue eyed little girl, and they're like, what? Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, that's really cool. I, I, I noticed the, the control thing you were talking about when I watched her world record uh, high jump a little while ago. I watched that. And like I, I saw, you know, I started the nosedive and then it leveled out. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, that's that's very much like Moto. And I, I, I'll be honest, man, I, I just I haven't followed Monster Jam that much. So I'm really learning a lot this weekend. And uh, I was really impressed how far the technology's come. Uh, you know, I was kind of curious when I've seen some of the freestyle stuff like – you know, I'm used to the things breaking, right? Like you talked about with your dad, like a front wheel or axle is going to break off and the wheel is going to go flying. And man, you guys like land and everything stays together and you're on the brakes immediately. So you don't run into the other trucks that are parked. And it's, it's massively impressive. Yeah. The, the technology of the trucks has gone insane. Like yeah. it's, it's crazy, which, you know, it, everything comes at a cost too. So our axles are, we, we are actually getting things built specifically for us. Now we're not, trying to make something else work. So that's, we've gained leaps and bounds from that. But 
like I said, it comes at a cost. So our axles are easily forty grand each. Jeez. So you're talking eighty thousand dollars just in the axles. Yeah. And our axles are one of our biggest fail points still to this point. But you know, it, they they take so much abuse now; it's insane. I and mean, we a uh, thirty foot in the air jump back in the day was just it, that was like you would consider that magic. It was just too much to to uh, think it was real. Right. And now it's we do that multiple times. I mean, we're, we'll do that. Every jump, like if I'm not jumping to the maximum capacity of the suspension, the axles, everything, almost every jump of my freestyle, then I'm not happy with it. I push the truck to the absolute limit the entire time as much as I can. And the limit is every year jumps so high. It's crazy. Like it's, I've honestly thought about it myself. Like, man, where in the heck is the limit going to, where is the real limit? Like, yeah. when is it going to stop? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're doing backflips are common now. It's it's crazy for us to say that that we can. I, I can almost guarantee you, I can do a backflip and land it perfectly with no damage. Yeah, which it, you know, go ahead. It, it was it was something that you know we never thought was going to happen, honestly. And now the next thing is a double backflip. That's what we're Jeez. working on now, and it's we're we're doing we our standard backflip. We're taking we're basically running into a wall. We hit the wall flip backwards, land back where we took off. We've mastered a forward momentum single backflip as well, which is insane. It's a mechanical ramp, a lot like they use for the Razors at freestyle motocross events. Right. So that mechanical ramp has a, uh, a kicker that knocks down, knocks down after the front tires hit it, and you get a nice forward rotation uh, backflip out of it. Well, now we've taken that jump, stuck it another 15 foot in the air with about another 20 degrees of angle and trying to do a double forward momentum backflip and so, so far, it's not been very successful, but when it does happen, it's going to be freaking nuts. That's just unreal. Um, well, let's talk about – well, first of all, i got two more things for you. You mentioned motocross a couple times. Did you ever uh, you know, do any racing? Do you follow the professional side at all? Is that something you're still into? Uh, yeah, I, I still love dirt bikes. My son now, he's six years old, and my, my brother's two boys. They all have dirt bikes. They have four-wheelers. We ride. I have a miniature motocross track for them specifically just to ride on. I've always played around with dirt bikes and fullers. The whole family has. I never raced dirt bikes. I had a 450 for a while. It was a blast, but after a few broken ankles, my dad made me get rid of that thing. So Yeah, they're dangerous. I, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. It was an absolute freaking blast. It was just an insane weight-to-power ratio. It was, like, just crazy. But uh, I've never really got big into the actual racing dirt bikes. I did comp- I try to race fuller competition a few times. Didn't really chase it like I should have, but the mud truck stuff kind of took precedence once uh Absolutely. once I was eligible to do that. But I, I've I know of the the whole Supercross series for sure. I know of the the main dudes. I don't follow it per se, yeah, but yeah. I know all about it too. Very cool, very cool. Um, all right, let's talk about this weekend. So we're finally getting back to what a little bit of normalcy. We're going to have a big event at. Uh, Cowboy Stadium this weekend, and you guys are back on the floor uh, with I don't with limited capacity fans. But how great is that going to be? Back in competition and have live people actually cheering for you. Yeah, dude, it's going to be nuts, man. I we you know everybody knew that it, or you know didn't know what what the future held. I mean, for everybody, not just Monster Jam, but for everybody. And for this to finally come back is, is so it's. It's it's kind of not fully set in yet to me because uh, every time I walk in the stadium, I'm like, dang man, I almost wasn't sure if this was ever going to happen again. And 
now that it, the dirt's there. We just did practice today. Uh, everything felt great as far as we go. It was so awesome to knock the rust off, but it's not really the same until the people are in the stands, and I, I can't be more excited about it. It's going to be awesome. And one thing that I'm super pumped about is because limit capacity, we want to get as, give as many chances as we can get for the fans to come out and see us. So luckily for me, we get two shots out of this weekend. So we're not just doing a Saturday show. We're also doing a Sunday evening show. So I can't be more excited because I don't. I, I'm, I would be nervous if I just had one shot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What if I go out there and roll over right away? You know, you never know. So I've got two chances to act like a wild man this weekend, <laughs> and hopefully they both go right because it'll be even better. But it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be awesome. It's definitely a monumental thing for us to get back in the stadium with the fans having a show just like we used to have. And obviously there's going to be some changes, social distancing and things like that, but we're doing it. We're making it happen. We're going to have some awesome fans in the stands. They're going to be having fun with their family. I I don't really even know how to explain it because it's something I never thought would be a thing, but we figured it out. We are going to make it happen. We're going to make everybody have a good time. Yeah, it's going to be rad. I'm excited to go to my first one. Um, I've got a motocross event to go to tomorrow, but I'll be driving over to Arlington uh, Sunday, and I'll I'll be in the crowd yelling for you, man. It's gonna be really cool to see my first one, Ryan. I mean, it's really a, a privilege to talk to you and get a little bit of your backstory. Uh, but good luck this weekend, and thanks for giving us some time, man. Heck yeah, dude! I'm pumped for you to go there your first time. You're I, I'm really excited. Anytime that anybody has the moto background that understands what goes in the moto comes and watches what we do yeah and they see all the things that correlate and it just it's insanity the the horsepower the weight the size of these trucks and what we make them do is shouldn't happen really but right. we make it happen anyway so well, you're you're definitely gonna have a blast man it's gonna be crazy yeah the only thing i'm disappointed in is that of the social distancing that i can't walk around the pits and check out the trucks and actually meet you guys face to face because that'd be really cool but other than that, yeah, man, for sure. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I'll definitely be up in the crowd yelling at you, man. Heck, yeah. Well, you know, you know and I know this is just the start of yep. getting back to normal. So once we get things back riled in, we're going to be able to get you in the pits for sure. Absolutely, man. Ryan, thank you so much. And I think I'm going uh, to be talking to your, maybe uh, one of your other family members here in a little bit. I'm not positive. i got to get back with, with, the Feld, with Sally from Feld and find out. But uh, thanks for your time, man. Sweet. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Take care. All right, you too. See ya. All right, our next guest is another legendary driver of the Monster Jam series. Guy's been around a long time, seen a lot of things. Uh, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Tom Mintz. What is up? I'm so excited to be back with Monster Jam. AT&T Stadium. There's not a better venue. There's not more encouraging loud fans than here in AT&T in Arlington. Yeah, how how great is it that you guys are not only finally back, but there's not going to be those little goofy pictures of people in the stands like we've seen in some of the, the football games and stuff, but there's going to be live people. That's the most important part. Monster Jam is about the fans, and the fans come in big families. You know, and anytime you get the opportunity to drive in front of our amazing fans, they push you to another level. I mean, going out there and driving Max D, fire, and banging around somewhere is one thing. And it is fun. It's exciting. But when you have those crazy fans in the stands getting excited, that's what makes it all worthwhile. That's what I've dreamed of. 
and that's what always makes AT&T Stadium the perfect place. Absolutely. So, Tom, you've been around, I mean, since the beginning days of this sport. I mean, you're an old-school off-road guy. I'm literally – I was watching – uh, a little documentary on yourself. Uh, I think it was made in 2004. On, I was watching on YouTube a little while ago. I mean, you grew up, you know, as a high school kid building trucks and like you wrecked your first, you built, it looked like you built your first truck, took you about four years, you got your license, and you rolled it in a couple days. That's exactly right. You know, and a couple things I learned out of that is one, my father was very supportive of anything <laughs> I'd done. Right. He helped me get to where I am today. And two, that, you know, hard work it takes to rebuild something, to get it back. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, really being a great fan like I was, I know what great fans want to see. It's easy for me to know that the performance they want to see when you get out on track. Absolutely. So, okay, Tom, I'm 43. I don't know exactly how old you are, but I know you, you were probably – you know, in your younger years, obviously, when the monster truck thing first started. And I just talked to Ryan Anderson about this, who's a little younger than us. But I remember going to the stadiums and seeing Bigfoot and Taurus and slowly crushing cars or buses if you're Taurus. But this thing has evolved so much. Could you ever have imagined in the mid-80s that this thing would be what it is today? Never. And I was a big fan. You know, I was buying the magazines. Yep. I was cutting out the pictures and taping them up on my wall when I was 13, 14. And, you know, I never knew how I'd get involved, but I wanted to be involved. But, you know, I never could imagine. Even when I started driving, I couldn't imagine the things that we can do now, the performances we can put on, and the way the Monster Jam truck has evolved into a great, massive engineering machine. You know, and most importantly, it's just it's what it's all about. I mean, I've had to change my dream over the years. Because it's getting bigger, better, and better, <laughs> you know? And and I love it, and I, I love to be out there and be involved. And those fans, man, they just push it over the top. And to have them back in the stands is what it's going to take to get this job done. Absolutely. Now, you are a 12-time Monster Jam World Champion, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. And, you know, what a great fun ride. Uh, yeah, I bet. What What are some highlights that you can think of? Like, uh, you know, the first championship, or is that the best? Or was there one that was closer in points? You know, what stands out in your career? You know, all of them do. It, it really, you know, the last one just went in skills challenge at the last World Finals. You know, that sticks out. Because the first time we had a World Finals, we didn't know there'd be another World Finals, and we really didn't know how special it was. Yeah. And, you know, so, I mean, it was really cool to win, but, it, you know, before that we had U.S. Truck Fest. That was a big deal. You know, I was able to win that. But, you know, so, you know, that one mattered a lot, but it's just got more important as it's went on because so many awesome competitors, so many people competing at the top level, everybody wants to win, and they're good at it. Yeah, it's impressive to see uh, some of the things they do now, especially with this freestyle competition that's seemed to be probably one of the more popular events with the fans. How much control, you know, if you go off a jump a little sideways, right? Well, see you guys go off and you're a little bit at an angle in the air and then you're going to land on one wheel. How much control or how much feel do you have for what that truck's going to do when it lands on one wheel at a 45-degree angle? More importantly, before it lands, if it's crooked when you're in the air, you know, drivers have learned how to turn the tires a different direction, 
use the throttle to help straighten that truck up before it hits the ground. And then, you know, there's another point when it hits the ground, then you got to react to how that landed in order to drive out of it. And then if you can make an incredible save <laughs> on top of any of that in there, that's what the Monster Jam fans get the most excited about is those crazy door handle rubbing saves that they're so used to. Very true. I've seen a lot of that on some of the videos and things I've watched. And I'll tell you, Tom, uh, Sunday night will be my first time to ever go to a Monster Jam uh, I have a motocross, supercross background. That's typically what I cover. Uh, but, you know, Sean at Feld hit me up and asked me if I want to do this. And I, of course, was like, uh, yeah, hell yeah. This is going to be awesome. So I'm really excited to see this for the first time. Um, tell me what you're most excited about, you know, for this season kicking off. And other than just being back, what what is something you're looking forward to? I'm looking forward to that right there. Just being back. Hearing a guy that, you know, like yourself, that's never been to an event. That's what it's for, you know, me. I love Supercross. I go to at least one event a year. But I always feel like we're in competition with everyone else. And I want to make sure when they come to our event for the first time, they see the coolest event they've ever seen. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm excited, man. I mean, I, I, Ryan had me fired up a little while ago when I was talking to him. Um, now, you seem like a guy, you've got a lot of personality. I can tell just by talking to you. Um, and this sport, like motocross and supercross, the guys get very robotic after a while. There's so much money, so much pressure, and they get on the podium, and they're pretty boring. You guys are, or at least some of you guys, are much more animated. Uh, you know, it kind of brings me back to a kid watching wrestling where you like, you know, they, they do their promos, right, where they do their interviews, and they're talking about going after the next guy. And, like, your attitude, your personality already has me super fired up. Um, is that how the competition's like for you, though? Like, you know, I know you're buddies with these guys, but at the same time, you want to go and, you know, and beat them, obviously, but you just, you seem excited. It is. It's exciting to be back, and, you know, there's a lot of tough competition going to be at the event this weekend. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Anderson, he's a dominant force to deal with, you know, and it's, it's one round at a time. And the cool part about it is, I'm doing exactly what I feel like I was put on this earth to do. I was a fan way before I was ever a driver. I know what those people want to see, and it gets me fired up to be back, and it gets me fired up to know that people are going to be there, they're going to be in the stands, they're going to be safe, and they're going to see an amazing Monster Jam event. Man, I cannot wait. Uh, Tom, It's it's been really cool to have a chance to talk to you for a little bit. I, I wish – you know, and in the future, this will happen. I wish that there was access to the pit so I could come meet all you guys and see the trucks. But in the near future, I'm sure that will happen. Um, but, man, it's been awesome to talk to you for a little bit, and I cannot wait to see you compete Sunday night. That will be. That will be a. That will happen and going forward. And, you know, it's going to be awesome then, and it's going to be awesome to meet you then. But, man, these fans are going to have an amazing time. Yes. And I'm going to be super excited to be giving them a great performance. Well, awesome. Tom, thank you so much. Uh, good luck tomorrow, and uh, I'll, I'll be watching you Sunday night. Have a great time. You too, bud. Looking thank forward. you. Thank All you. Right. Yep. Bye. Yeah.